1 John chapter number 1 and verse number 5. The Bible said, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. Father, I pray now that you'll take the Word of God and speak to our hearts. Help us, Lord, to be sensitive, and may the will of God be done, and we'll thank you and we'll praise you. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want you to look in verse number 6 with me for just a moment. And I want you to notice where the Bible here talks about, in verse number 6 and verse number 7, John declares, let me just mention in verse number 5 to begin with, he makes a statement, I think that in verse 5 is worthy to be mentioned, and then in verse 6 and 7 is where we'll bring the the message from. But notice he makes this statement in verse number 5, he said, this then is the message. And so John opens this text here by declaring that we have a message, and I want to say, thank God, I'm glad this morning that as the church and as believers, we do have a message, amen? And it's not just any message. Our message is not the world's message, amen? We're not to try to make our message like the world, and our message is not to fit the world, but John is talking about a distinctive message here in verse number 5, as he says, this then is the message. I want you to notice in verse number 5 that the the message that we have is a very powerful message. He said, this then is the message, notice this, that which we have heard uh, of Him. Amen? Now, the power of the message uh, is the fact that what you and I have heard has not come from the lips of man, but it's came from the lips of God. Amen? Uh, John talks about Jesus in verse 1 and verse number 2 and verse number 3, and he talks about Him and he describes Him that He is the eternal one and he is the earthly one and he is the extended one that that fellowship extends from God to his son to us believers and then to one another and he's the enjoyable one as he said in verse number four and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full now I want to tell you if you ever hear this message and you ever receive this message then you will enjoy or you'll experience the joy of this message amen and so our message is a powerful message. It is not the words of man, but it is the words of God which we have heard of Him. And then, my friend, he talks about the preservation of this message. As he says, we declare it unto you. Amen? Now, I want to say I'm thankful for the inspiration of the Word of God. I'm glad the Bible that we have is a God-breathed book. Amen? I believe it's in error. Don't you? There's no errors in this Bible. I believe it's in fact. Amen. It will not fail. You can trust every promise. You can trust every precept. You can trust every principle. And it will not fail. And it has not failed. Amen. But I want to say this morning, not only do I thank Him for the inspiration of the Word of God, but I believe in the preservation of the Word of God. That we have declared the message. What I'm preaching to you this morning is the same message that you heard from the beginning. Amen. And so there's the preservation 
preservation of this message. There is the power of our message. And then there's the promise of our message. Notice uh, the promise is this, uh, that God is uh, light. Amen. What a promise this morning. I'm glad that I can stand here and tell you that God is light. Amen. And when you get born again, you know what happens? Uh, You step out of the darkness uh, and thank God you step into the light. Uh, And can I tell you, there's not enough darkness uh, to put out the light. Amen. Uh, The Bible said that the light... uh, shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Amen. That means that the darkness has to surrender unto the light. Amen. And so we see here uh, the promise of our message is that God is light. And then there's the purity of our message. Notice the Bible said that in Him is no darkness at all. Now the reason John talks about the promise and the purity is for what he's about to say here in just a moment. I want to stop and say that I'm thankful that the message that we preach is a pure message. And if you'll believe the message, you know what it'll do? It'll make you pure. Amen. It'll help you to live a pure life. Uh, uh, we preach a pure gospel. Uh, we worship a pure God. Uh, uh, thank God when we get to heaven, uh, it's going to be a land of purity. Uh, there'll be no sin. There'll be no Satan. Amen. Uh, there'll be no shadows. Uh, I'm talking about freedom. When you get born again, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit is a pure spirit that lives on the inside. Uh, and He'll put purity in your life. Amen. You know, if you live and you try to live a pure life, and I know we're not sinless this morning, but if you try to live a pure life, you know what? The world will make fun of you. Amen. Somebody grab me some water up there. Amen. Even a mule needs a drink of water every now and then, doesn't it? I don't know why I've got a cotton mouth this morning. But you know what? Uh, listen, uh, when you think about it, uh, friend, listen, uh, uh, listen. when you get born in the family of God, something happens on the inside. You know what happens uh, uh, when the Holy Spirit moves in? Uh, uh, you connect with that book. Amen? Before you get saved, thank you, brother, uh, there's no hunger, there's no thirst for the Word of God. But after you get saved, you know what? You love the Bible. You love the brethren. You love the things of God. You know why? You don't want to live out in sin. You don't want to live the way you used to live. You know why? Because there's purity on the inside. And that purity on the inside, it'll put some purity on the outside. Amen. Now, people that are not right with God or do not know God. And this is what John is talking about in this text. He's talking about relationship and fellowship. If you have a relationship, if you know God, then you can have fellowship with God. But people that have no relationship or no fellowship with God, you know what? They don't understand purity. And if you want to live a pure life, uh, they'll mock you. They'll make fun of you. They'll call you a Pharisee. People that may be saved, but they're out of fellowship with God. Uh, Listen, they don't like to be around other people that's trying to be in fellowship with God. Uh, They'll make fun of your convictions. They'll make fun of your standards. Uh, They'll make fun of your way of living. You know why? It's because uh, the path that they're on is not the path that you're on. Amen? And what I want you to see in verse number 6 and verse number 7 is the thought that I want to preach on this morning. You ought to underline these two phrases. In verse number 6, you find the phrase, walk in darkness. Amen. As he said, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But then in verse number 7, you find another phrase. He talks about walk in light. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, 
light. Do you see that? There's two different paths. In verse number 6, there's a path of darkness, walking in the darkness, and then there's a path of light, walking in the light. Amen? Now, the real question for me and you this morning is which path are we taking? Amen? I want to preach on this subject this morning, on which path are you taking? Which path? Are you taking? You say, but preacher, I'm saved. I want to tell you something. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you're walking in the light. I remind you that First John is written to saved people. John is not talking to lost people. He's talking to saved people. And he said, we got, we've got a message. And our message is this, uh, uh, that God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. Amen. Uh, God is in the light. Uh, now, in the Old Testament, uh, the Bible said He dwelt in the thick darkness. Amen. And God did. Uh, uh, but in the New Testament, the Bible talks about walking in the light. He calls us the children of light. Uh, and we're to walk in the light of the Word of God. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. And John said, if you're related to Him and if you have fellowship with Him, then there's a desire to walk in light. Amen. Which path are you taking this morning? There are two paths in this text that I want us to look at this morning. I want us to notice them. And I want you to ask yourself this important question. Which path? Are you taking this morning? Just because you're in church doesn't mean you're on the right path. I've watched people down through the years, and you have too. I've watched them get on the wrong path before they ever got out of church. There's people you could look at them and you could tell you uh, listen you could tell they were going to go you just kn- you just knew they were on their way out as much as you try to pray and preach and throw up every warning sign you can sometimes there's just nothing you can do uh, you say why is that preacher because uh, you can't force somebody to get on the right path uh, you can't make somebody do right amen you can pray for them and you can try to encourage them uh, but they've got to want to themselves uh, it's a choice that every one of us has to me. And just because I chose the right path uh, all these years, uh, it doesn't mean I can't choose the wrong path tomorrow. It doesn't mean I couldn't get on the other path. Uh, you see, there's a lot of exits uh, uh, to the road of life. Amen. I thought about this morning uh, concerning this message. Uh, I thought about the uh, many places uh, that we have traveled and you've, many of you have traveled places. Uh, and you know what I'm talking about uh, as you go up and down the highway and down the road uh, and you get on that interstate, you know what you find over and over over again, there's always an exit. Isn't that right? There's always a getting off place. And while you may punch it in that GPS and you may be headed to a destination and you're going the right path, you're going down the right pathway, guess what? There's opportunity after opportunity to get off of that path and to take a detour and to exit at any moment. And can I tell you something this morning? Just because you're on the right path right now, and thank God if you are, you ought to remember Remember, the devil's always got an exit. He's always got an exit ramp. If you're willing to get off, there's always a getting off place in this thing. Amen. What I noticed in verse number 6 is the first path. I noticed the devil's path. He said in verse number 6, he said, but he said, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Again, John is talking to saved people and it is possible to be saved and be out of fellowship with God. And what happens is, is when you get out of fellowship with God, you get off of that path uh, and you get on the wrong path. And can I tell you, it's the devil's path. 
He said, if we say. You ought to underline that statement. Because it's mentioned three times in this chapter. It's not what we say that determines where we're going. It's what we do. I could get up here and tell you I'm a fireman. And I could say a lot of things about firemen. But it doesn't make me a fireman, does it? I could get up here and talk about being a police officer and give a lot of information and facts and, and I could uh, use the lingo and I could give some of the codes and some of the, and I can't do that, but if I could, uh, I could say some of the things that, that would almost seem like, uh, Brother Mike, to be very convincing. The only problem is, uh, you know that I'm really not a police officer. Isn't that right? I know they may know the lingo, might even have the uniform on, but it's not what I say. It's what I do. Well, there's a lot of people that say they're Christians. There's a lot of people that say they're saved. But they're not, they're not living like saved people. I'm talking about the devil's path. Uh, you say, preacher, why is this the devil's path? It's a different path. You ought, to, you ought to make note of this. God is mentioned in verse number 5. He said, God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. In verse number 7, Jesus Christ is mentioned. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. But when you get to verse number 6, uh, there's no, re- no mention of God. There's no mention of Jesus Christ. Uh, the only reference to God in verse number 6 uh, is a reference where people say that they have fellowship with Him, but really that's a lie. So therefore, God is not really in verse number 6. It's those that are walking in darkness. It's a different path. And can I tell you, whenever you choose to walk a different path, what happens is you walk away from God. And if you walk away from God, friend, there's only two people that you can follow in this life. You're either going to follow God or you're going to follow the devil. Amen? And if you walk away from God, you're on a different path. And that different path is the devil's path. You see, we think a lot of times that if I'm not out smoking dope or robbing banks or living wild or living some wicked lifestyle, that I'm not on the devil's path. But I'm here to tell you any pathway that doesn't follow God is that different path. That's always the devil's path. More ways to please the devil than being a devil worshiper. What pleases the devil is when you don't follow God. Can I tell you, it's a different path. What, what pathway are you on, teenager? What pathway are you on, mom and dad? What pathway are you on this morning, church member? Are you on a different path? You see, if the devil knows this, if he could ever get you to change a little bit, he'll get you to change a whole lot. Do you realize that? If he can ever get me to back up on one thing, that means he can get me to back up on ten things. Amen? Uh, we've all seen people down through the years uh, where they once stood here, but now they stand here. Can I tell you something? They didn't get from here to here in one giant leap. Amen? What happened was uh, the devil got them to turn the dial just a little bit at a time uh, and little by little and day by day he got them on a different path uh, and with each step they took uh, it was one step closer to him and one step closer or further away from God. I'm telling you, listen, you better run in the way of God. Uh, You better run as close to God and with God as you can. Uh, Listen, every time a temptation comes, uh, you need to reject it. Refuse it. Go in a different way. Stay with what you know is right. Stay with God. I'm telling you, listen, it's not just about today and tomorrow. Life is about the long haul of things. It's not about a one-time temporary pleasure. It's not about what looks fun today. It's about what's it going to be like tomorrow. I look back through my life. I've made a lot of mistakes. 
But I have no regrets in serving God. And when I say that, I'm going to tell you I have no regrets in being with old-time religion. Amen. Brother, I remember that when I got right with God, I remember when you said old-time religion in church, uh, everybody knew what you was talking about. uh, And 10 or 15 people would say, Amen. You say old-time religion in a preacher's meeting nowadays. uh, And some of them would get locked jaw and tight-lipped and even scowl because they don't want to be identified. Uh, They're ashamed to be identified uh, with old-time religion. Well, I just want to tell you, chalk it up this morning. uh, Old-time religion... It was good enough for me when I got in. And old-time religion is still good enough for me. I say, give me that old-time religion. Thank God it'll do when I'm a dying. I'm not ashamed of being an old-time, listen, Christian this morning. I'd rather be an old-time Christian, as a songwriter said, as anything I know this morning. Some are taking a different path. It's the devil's path. And then I would say it's a dark path. He talked about walking in darkness. Now, why would anybody want to walk in darkness? You know, some people, they, they act like uh, they like darkness. And the Bible says some men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. If I stay in a prophet's chamber, I turn every light on in the place. Amen. You say, why? Because there's mice, demons, and roaches in every prophet's chamber. You never got to worry about us building one around here, I promise you. Isn't that right? Can I get an amen right there? Oh, but preacher, we can build a nice one. I'm telling you, listen, I'm not building a, a prophet's chamber for the devil to move in, amen, and haunt preachers every time they come by here to preach. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, just stay with me in some, amen. I remember staying in one one time. Uh, uh, listen, had a big old window right in the middle of it. And when you looked at it, it had no curtains. Can you believe that? A big old window right in the middle of it. And listen, when I was out in the middle of nowhere. I'm talking about, listen, you, I mean, just had to pump sunshine to, about in Brother Grant was with me. We hadn't known each other probably about two weeks, you know, uh, and uh, we were staying in that uh, prophet's chamber and it had that big old picture window and out looking out that picture window, you know what you was looking at? A pine thicket and a graveyard right in front of it. We are laying there in separate beds. <laughs> we were laying there and he said, man, I, I can't sleep, can you? I said, no. I said, look out there. And every single headstone, you know what it had? It had a glowing cross on it. Now, I'm telling you, you talk about creepy. I said, look at all them crosses. I said, I've always, I've always appreciated the cross, but I said, it's scaring the daylights out of me right now. And we laying there. I said, you know what? I said, I think I see a woman and a gown standing over there. He said, shut up and go to sleep. We had a 12-gauge shotgun. Amen. Don't tell you something, a shotgun don't kill a ghost. Somebody say amen. You say, I don't believe in them. Well, then you ought to just stay one night in a prophet's chamber. If you believe in angels, you better believe in demons. Amen. I've had, listen, mice get in the bed, roaches, amen, bed bugs, I mean, everything, you know. I mean, they all stay there. I mean, I don't even think God stays in a prophet's chamber. Now, what I said all that, say this, I don't like darkness, amen. You can have all the darkness you want, but I like to step outside on a sunny day when the sky is blue and the sun's a shining, amen. I can't imagine what heaven's going to be like one of these days when there's no darkness, there's no shadows, the sun never shines. 
steps in the sky. Thank God the Son of God will be the light of that city. I'm headed to a city where there's daylight and it'll be ten times brighter than the noon time of the day. I'm simply saying this. It's a dark path. Amen. I want to tell you, when you get out of the will of God, you're headed for darkness. You know why people do things that they said they'd never do when they get away from God? I'm going to tell you why. They walk away from the light. You may be here this morning and so say, I'd never drink alcohol. I'd never smoke pot. I'd never hang out with that crowd. You don't know what you do when you get in darkness. Things don't look the same. Things don't feel the same. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, uh, uh, you, you get in darkness, uh, you can't find your way. You're just stumbling around. You're just trying to make it the best way you can. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, that's the way it is. Uh, and if you want to do right, and if you want to be blessed, uh, stay out of the darkness. Amen? When you see people going down a dark path, uh, pray for them, love them. Uh, but don't yoke up with them. They'll drag you down that path. Uh, they'll make it look like it's the best thing that ever happened. They'll make you look like it's wonderful. But it's a dark path. Can I stop and say this? I think that God many times in the Christian life, He makes it look so mundane, so normal. You look at the world today. I don't know if it's NASCAR time or what. I don't keep up with it. But if it is, I think it probably is. I don't know what they're doing. But you know what? The devil makes them cars look so shiny. He makes it look so prestigious. I, I, you look at a baseball field. I, I know it's baseball time. I don't know if they're playing baseball. But he makes it look so glamorous, doesn't he? They step out on that, that diamond and they begin to play. And, and, and it looks so wonderful. And, and it looks so great. And then you look at, you look at the Christian life. It looks so ordinary. So plain. I want to tell you something about that. Jesus Christ for 30 years... He lived an ordinary, mundane, plain life. He lived in a carpenter's house. Worked as a carpenter. There wasn't nothing glamorous about being a carpenter. Got dirty. Got Walked in. He just lived a plain life. And if you're not careful, the devil will tell you, why do you want to do the same thing all the time? Why do you want to go down to that church? You go there all the time. You're going to sit on a pew and hear that preacher. He's going to preach and holler. He's going to say a lot of things you've already heard over and over. And, and you're, going to, you're going to live by those rules and live by that lifestyle that the Bible puts on you. And, and, and you know, your, your children's going to miss out on this and you're going to miss out on that. And Well, you, if you just change a few things, uh, he's trying to get you on that different path. Uh, he's trying to get you on that dark path. Uh, I want to tell you something, friend. It's not about the here, here and now. It's about the sweet by and by. One of these days when you stand before for God. You'll never be sorry that you stayed with God. One day when your children get grown and they leave home, if you've taught them right and you've lived right and they go out in this world and whether they do right or not, you'll never have a regret. If you stay with God and live for God, you'll have that hope and that assurance that they'll do right. Amen. The Bible talks about natural darkness in Ephesians 4 verse 18. talks about willful darkness in John chapter number 3 talks about judicial darkness in Jeremiah 13, verse number 16, eternal darkness in Jude 13, prophetic darkness in Joel chapter 2, and supernatural darkness in Ephesians chapter 6. I could give you those verses this morning, but for the sake of time, outer darkness in Matthew chapter 22, the Bible talks about darkness. 
It's a dark path. It's a deceitful path. Notice verse number 6 again. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, notice this. We lie. It's that simple, ain't it? If I'm up here this morning, and God forbid, but if I'm living an adulterous life, and you find out about that, and I was to say to you, well, I know I'm living an adulterous life, but, but I'm right with God. I wouldn't believe that for one second, would you? You know, I experienced that with someone. Someone living an adulterous life, and one time was having a conversation trying to help the individual, and they said, well, preacher, I'm as right with God as you are. I said, I'm, I'm guilty of a lot of things, but I ain't doing that. You say, how, how do you know? Because I'm still breathing. Amen. My wife wouldn't divorce me. She don't believe in divorce. She'd kill me. Amen. She'd collect the life insurance. Amen. See me on the other side. I'm telling you, listen, I, I think about But there's people, they'll do some of the most sinful things and tell you they're right with God. I'm amazed at people that will come to church and live in sin and they'll just march right on up to the choir and sing in the choir without ever thinking twice about it. Why None of us are sinless. None of us are, are living our life uh, uh, the way that we want to. We have all have to deal with fleshly things and sinful things from time to time. But there are things that when we fall into, uh, we know that we got no business singing in the choir. We know we got no business being in the pulpit. We know we got no business putting on a facade. We have to repent and get right with God and get right with the church about it. But it's amazing how that anything goes nowadays. Uh, people can just live like dogs and go to church uh, and sing the praises of God and act like they're right with God. Hey, you say, what is that, preacher? I'm going to tell you what it is. It's a lie. It's a lie. Friend, the Bible don't lie. When a man disqualifies himself from the pulpit, he may preach a good sermon. But it doesn't mean it's God's approval. You say, well, three people got saved. doesn't change the Bible. Word of God will save anybody that will trust it. Amen? Y'all still with me? I had made all y'all mad, haven't I? I'm talking about this morning. What it does is the Bible puts the light on my, on my life. And, and if there's a dark place in my life, and friend, there is. There's times uh, when I hear the Word of God preached and, oh, it'll cut me and I'll know that God has spoken to my heart about something. He has took the light of His Word and shined it at a dark place in my life and said, hey, uh, that's wrong and you need to get right with God about that. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Amen? That means that I still hear His voice. Uh, that means that He still speaks to my heart. You say, what do you do? You're faced with a choice. You either go on and live a lie and say, I'm okay and everything's all right, and you sweep it under the rug, or you deal with it in the light that you've been given. I don't want to live a lie to you. I really believe there are people that they have told themselves something so long that now they fully believe what they have said. You know what God wants us to do this morning? He wants us to take this book and read it every day and say, God, anything I come across that you need to shine the light on in my life, help me to see it, help me to be honest about it, help me to deal with it. Amen. That means sometimes the things that God shows me about me, I don't like them. Amen. Sometimes they were 
things that I, I... Have you ever felt like you, you was right with God and then you read the Bible? Boy, I mean, you run across something and the Lord said, Hey, that's you. You're like, oh, no, Lord, that's not me. Oh, that's you. You need to get right about that. You know what God did? You had a dark place. You had a place you couldn't see. You were deceived in that area. You thought it was okay. Till the Holy Spirit turned the light on. Well, I thank God for all the times the Holy Spirit turned the light on. Amen. I can remember, hadn't been saved very long. There was something in my life that I didn't know it was wrong. And then I heard the preacher get up and preach, and I, I, can I be honest with you? I didn't want to give that up. So I didn't go to the altar, didn't repent over it. I went home, and I had convinced myself from that Sunday till the next Sunday that it was okay. There wasn't nothing wrong with this. You know what the problem with that was? I went back to church, and guess what the preacher preached on the next Sunday? He got up and said, I know I hammered this last Sunday. You ever heard a preacher say that? He said, I know I hammered this last Sunday. He said, but I just feel down in my soul, I need to say it again. And he hammered it again. I'm going to tell you, when he went to hammering, God went to hammering on me. And I'll tell you, before he got done, I said, dear God, I'm telling you, I know I'm wrong. I convinced myself it was right. It was just a lie. It wasn't what you said. And if you'll let that preacher hurry up and shut up, I'll get in the altar and I'll get right with God. Amen. I'm going to tell you, oh, happy day. I've never regretted it one day in my life. It could have wrecked me. It could have ruined me. But thank God for the truth. Amen. Amen. Talking about it's a deceitful. And then it's a disobedient path. Notice the Bible said they do not the truth. You know, tonight or this morning when you think about it, this, the devil's path is always a path of disobedience. You see, the ultimate goal for Satan is to get you to disobey what God said. That's why it doesn't have to be a heinous sin to be sin. Disobedience is sin within itself. If the Holy Spirit told me to pass a track out, to go across the street somewhere and pass a track out, and I knew the Holy Spirit told me to do that, and I said, I'm not going to do that, and I just go on about my way, that's as much a sin as anything else because I disobeyed. I did not do the truth, and therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. That ought to make us be very sensitive to the Lord. And I want to tell you, it's a disobedient path. If the devil can get you to consistently be disobedient in one area of your life, uh, that means he can get you to be consistently disobedient in another area of your life. And I know that we all disobey God from time to time, and we have to deal with that. But it's a different story when it keeps coming up time and time and time again, and you know what it is before the preacher even talks about it, and you continue uh, to just say no to that. Friend, that's a path uh, that you do not want to go down. Let me close with this. There's the devil's path, and then there's a the divine path. I'm not going to say a lot about it because of time this morning, but I do want you to see in verse number 7 the contrast. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, you know why this path is divine? Because it's the Lord's path. You say, where do you see that? Notice the Bible said He is in the light. You know why I want to walk in the light? Because that's where He's at. Amen. I tell you, if you walk, you say, how do you walk in the light? Just stay in the Bible. Walk in the light of that book. We're not perfect, but we can walk in the pages of this book. 
Well, in spite of what I do, in spite of who I am, if you and I will just walk in the light of the Word, if we just apply the Word of God to our life, that's where we find God, is in the book. Amen? A lot of times people say, well, I just feel like it's the will of God, and I just know in my heart it's the will of God. You better have more than that. You better have a chapter and verse. God better have spoke to you somewhere in your devotional time and not go hunting for it, not go looking for it. But I mean just reading along, and one day God take the heavenly highlighter and light that verse and hang it in your soul and say, this is for that. This is for this right here. Hey, listen, you better walk in the light. If you walk in the light, that's where you find God. You find Him under the preaching of the Word of God. You find Him when you read the Bible. You find Him in the place of prayer. Hey, God's not out there in the hell holes of this world. God's not out there in this world. If you want to find God, walk in the light of the Word of God. Amen. That's why preaching is so important because preaching keeps us in the light. Preaching puts us in the light in a dark world. I'm glad I can still go to church on a Sunday morning even when this country's turned upside down and I can still get under the light of the Word of God and hear the preaching. Thank God. Listen, don't remember my words, but remember this book. Amen. Remember what thus saith the Lord. That's what I help you home. Hallelujah. I don't really care if you remember my outline. You know what the outline is for? It's keep me from rambling. Amen. Sometimes I still do, don't I? Don't say amen. I don't care if you remember my points. I want you to remember what this book says. I want you to remember there's a path of darkness, a path of the Lord's path. It's a lovely path. Notice what he said. We have fellowship. You know what I like about being saved? I like the fellowship. I like the fellowship with him, and I like the fellowship with all y'all. You know, if it wouldn't have been for Calvary, none of us would have never met each other. Most of us wouldn't have. Our paths would have never crossed. I'd have never known you. You'd have never known me. Some of y'all probably say amen to that. But I'm glad I know you. Amen. I mean, I, listen, I'm glad I know Brother Dwayne Sutherland. We met each other, I mean, when we were just teenage boys. Amen. I mean, just uh, just young, and just uh, way back in Chatsworth. Uh, listen, we lived in the same uh, town, but we would have never, our paths would have never crossed. Uh, uh, listen, uh, I was probably about uh, 15 years old. He was probably about 12 or 13 years old. Uh, and we met, uh, you know where we met? We met at church, amen? We went to the same church, uh, and then and our path crossed. And all these years later, here we are with children, uh, and, and we're, our families are, are about grown. Yours is about grown. Mine is grown. Uh, I'm I'm telling you, all these years later, uh, we're still connected. Calvary uh, connected us back then, and Calvary still got us connected together. And we're fellowshipping. You know why? Uh, because He stayed in the light. Because I've stayed in the light. That light brings you together, doesn't it? Amen. You go outside and turn a light on, even mosquitoes know where to go. Amen. How many of y'all remember, how many of y'all remember mosquito trucks? Amen. I remember we used to play out in the yard. I'd hear that like zzzz coming down the road. Like well, fumigating the whole neighborhood. I wish they still had them. Amen. They'd probably get rid of corona overnight. And we'd breathe that stuff in. If it didn't kill you, I don't think nothing will. And I'm telling you, we ran like the mosquitoes when that thing come. Amen. Big old green truck with a tank on the back of it, fumigating the neighborhood. Amen. Boy, it was a wonderful world to live in back then. You know what? Even a mosquito knows where to go when you turn the light on. I'm going to tell you something. What draws us to this place is not this building. People tell me all the time, boy, y'all's church is in the worst location. I said, I know. I've only heard that a million times. I said, but you know what? We never have a Sunday. We don't have visitors. 
How many people come here and say, man, you don't find this place by accident. You have to come here on purpose. I said, I know. But people come, don't they? People keep coming. They keep coming. You know what it is? Not the preacher. It's not the building. It's not the location. You said, if you had a better location, well, I wish we had a better location, but can I tell you something? His locations are working pretty good. He's been working pretty good since 1961. People still come. You know why? Because they're not coming for the location. They're sure not coming for the building. They're not coming for the facilities. You know why they're coming? There's a drawing light. There's a drawing path. It's a lovely path. I'll tell you why I love Bible Baptist Church. Because the Lord's here. Amen? And that's what brings us together. It's the Lord. Hallelujah. I thought I was going to quit preaching. But I'll tell you what, I love coming to church. And because He's good, amen. He's good to us. And I'd rather be here in a hole on the side of the road on the back side of nowhere and feel the breeze of heaven brush over my soul and hear my friend God speak to my heart as to be on Main Street and have no God. Amen. I used to drive 45 minutes to one church. I passed probably 40 on the way. And my pastor said, boy, I, I hate it. You have to drive so far. He'd say that. I said, preacher, it ain't even hard for me to drive 45 minutes. He said, why? I said, because I could find a church anywhere. There's a whole bunch of dead ones between here and Chatsworth. But I feel something when I come through the doors. I get help. My family gets help. God meets. And a church alive is always worth the drive. Amen. I tell you, I'd drive two hours to be where God's at. Amen. I wouldn't walk across the street. I'd have sat in a dead church where you couldn't even hear a gnat burp. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, I'd rather go somewhere where the presence of God is real. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a large path. Fellowship one with another. Hey, listen to me. If you're here this morning and you got the mindset that as soon as you can, you're getting out of this church and you're going a different path, well, I want you to know you're going the wrong way, friend. You're going to go down the devil's path so, Brother Gravely, you think this is the only church? It is for you. Because God puts you here. It is for me. God put me here. I wouldn't care, and I mean it with all my heart. Not that anybody even would. But I wouldn't care if a church called me right now and offered me five times a salary. What I'm getting right now. I'm not here because of a paycheck. I'm not here for a benefit. I'm here. I just feel something swelling up in my soul right now. I feel an amen from the glory world what I feel right now. I'm here because the will of God. And I want to tell you, it is so good to be in the will of God. And if you're in the will of God, you ought to raise your hand toward heaven and say, thank you, Lord. I'm in the light. Hallelujah. I'm in the light. Amen. It's a liberating path. Notice what he said. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all our sins. You know, this morning, that path that John is talking about. Let me put it this way. Look at me for one second. I'm going to give an invitation. The path you're on right now, you're either right with God or you're not right with God. The path you're on has to do with these two things that this chapter has to do with. 
your relationship, and your fellowship. You see, if you're not saved, you don't care anything about what I just said. You don't care anything about what we're doing. You're buying your time till you find an exit ramp, and you're going to go. And when people get off, sometimes they don't want to just completely step out. They don't step out of a church into a bar. No. You know what? You don't just leave one city and just get in the next one. You know what you got to do? You got to get take a little small exit. When you get off that exit, you got on. You got to get on another little path, and it leads you till you get to that destination. I've watched people do that. I've watched them get out of church, get away from God. I've watched them, and I and in my soul, I know the Holy Spirit speaks. They took. They just took an exit ramp. Now they're going down a path. And they got a motive. They've got a mindset. They've got a, they've got a place that they're, they've got in their mind, this is where I'm going to go. I'm not going to just quit church one Sunday and be done. No, I, I'm going to go to the pastor and say, you know, pastor, I've been praying about this. And, and I feel like that uh, the Lord may be leading me somewhere else. I'm going to go over here to this other church, and I know the music's not the same. I know the preacher, he, he's not exactly like you are, but you know what you're doing? You just took an exit ramp. The end result is you won't even be there six months from now. Or maybe it's like this. You say, Pastor, now, now I know how you preach. I know, I know where you stood all these years. It's not what I preach and where I stand. It's what this book says. I pray to God I've never preached anything to you that would not be found in this book. But they say sometimes, Pastor, I, I know where you stand, what you preach. But now, now I want to date this young man or this young lady, and I, and I know they're not. I know they're not what we are. No, it's are they what this is? If what you are is what this is, then they, they need to be what this is. And I know, preacher, they're not what we are. But you know, I just feel in my heart it's God's will. I've looked at teenagers and young adults many times and said, Listen, if you date him, if you date her, you won't be here a year from now. You'll get so involved in that relationship that what will happen is one day you're going to have to make a choice between here and them. Why would you forfeit where God's put you? Amen. you got to think about that. That's an exit ramp that leads to a destination, a different path, a dark path, the devil's path. Oh, listen, it's happened to preachers. The devil come to a pastor and say, you know what? You'll just let up on this right here. Church will grow. Finances will grow. It's an exit. It's to get you on that path that leads you away. Before you know it, you won't say things about things you used to talk about. You won't preach against some things that you used to preach against. This morning as we stand...